Welcome back, everyone, to Double Take, an NFL podcast streaming everywhere you get podcasts and also on YouTube. I'm your host, David Gonzalez, joined by my co-host and my brother, Daniel. Daniel, how are you, man? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing better than probably a lot of people right now, but oh well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, crazy game last night uh, yeah. for the Dallas Cowboys. Obviously, that's where we're going to start as we do Cowboys talk. And the Cowboys fall short, losing a heartbreaker to the Eagles 23-27, to 27, or is it 28? Uh, 28. Yeah, 23-28 to 28 to fall to 5-3 and three in the season, and now they're two and a half games back in the NFC East. Here's some notable things to know, though. If you're waking up and you didn't watch the game, don't let people fool you. Dak Prescott was absolutely sensational in this game going 29 of 44 374 three touchdowns with no turnovers he did have a two-point conversion that was reversed as he kind of stepped out of bounds uh just before he put the ball over the pylon and then you also had a fourth down touchdown by shoemaker that was taken back as well as he was inches short of the line but the biggest story is that dak along with some eagles penalties takes the ball from the 14-yard line of of their own 14-yard line all the way down to the 6-yard line of the Eagles with 27 seconds left to go in the game. But what happened? False start penalty. Then Terrence Steele gives up a big sack, a delay of game, and then CeeDee Lamb catches it short of the end zone, and the Cowboys lose the game. Daniel, what are your thoughts about the Cowboys after this game? We knew that if the Cowboys lost, that it was going to be a big deal, especially in the NFC East. But because the game happened the way that it did, are you more confident in this Cowboys team moving forward? Or are you still in the same boat of their one-and-done football team? Uh, Just to answer that right off the bat, I still think they're one and done. I still believe that coming out of this game. Now, what did probably improve for me is the confidence in the offense. That's what Mm -hmm. did improve. Um, it, it, It feels like, and David, you have better context for this game because you watch, you know, the, I, I was only able to watch the first quarter and then I had to watch highlights like everyone else. Um, because a lot of people who probably are making dumb analysis takes didn't watch the game, mm-hmm. right? Like they're, they're probably those people that just watched the highlights or just went on right. Twitter and you know, are spewing what other people are spewing out there um, mm-hmm. who also didn't watch the game. But it did feel like this offense is getting a better feel for, hey, what's working? And what are some things we need to cut out? And I don't, I don't know how the run game went. David, you can probably speak into this. Was it any good? It wasn't wasn't super great. It wasn't bad. Uh, it, it it had its moments, but you definitely felt like in this football game, you had to go with the hot hand, and Dak was carving them up. Yeah, and so I felt Dak to CD is starting to improve a whole lot. Like you look at the past mm-hmm. what two to three games. Against the Chargers yeah. last week, um, 
CD went off, and then this week it it felt like Dak needed to go to him, and it's starting to feel like it's an actual connection, and they're being successful at it. Um, mm-hmm. Also, you you before we before the show we talked about how Jake Ferguson had a couple drops uh, in this game, yeah, but in that same breath, really played really well, especially in the beginning of the game. They were, he was going to him really quickly. Um, yeah, and then yeah, and that touchdown was just it came at a right time. Like it was like, okay, we're here, we're ready to play. And so I think the offense is starting to figure figure things out. And you, me, and Steven, we've been talking about it. Tony Paul doesn't look the same. Like there's some stretches without the within the games that he makes some plays. Mm-hmm. But in just terms of like how does he look, our eye test is telling us, hey, he doesn't look the same as he did last year. He's not as explosive yeah. as he was last year. And so for me, that's still a concern. Um, but for me, it didn't change. It didn't move the needle on what I think this team could be. It just makes it just makes me feel like, hey, we can probably actually compete now. Rather than when what I was feeling was like, hey, we'll do great against bad teams, but when we play good teams, we'll have some good moments here and there. But for the most part, we know what's going to happen. And so it Mm -hmm. is the NFL. And so if we get in the playoffs, it gives me a better confidence of like, hey, maybe maybe they can surprise me. But for me, it didn't really do anything in terms of like, oh, yeah, they're more than one and done. Yeah, I mean, I I do think that... (laughs) I think that they definitely can make it to the divisional round. Um, the issue is, is that we're probably going to have to play the 49ers again. And as much confidence as I have, here, here's the thing. On any given Sunday, Dak can beat any team except for the 49ers. For whatever reason, whether that's because of, of coaching, whether that's because people just don't show up to play, you know, it, it could be for whatever reason. Dak hasn't shown that he can beat San Francisco, at least these San Francisco teams. Earlier in his career, he did beat San Francisco, but you have like a prime rookie, Ezekiel Elliott. You have a, you know, Mari Cooper, those kinds of things. And, but, but Dak can't beat the 49ers at least that's that's the narrative that we can't shake however can Dak beat the Philadelphia Eagles in the playoffs absolutely absolutely he can um and I and I think just with this offense Mike McCarthy has obviously let Dak finally have full control of the offense to where he he's allowing him to change the play at the line and we saw We've been seeing it for the last three weeks, really the last two weeks, because I think last week was the first week to where he really let him um, do everything to control the offense. This week and last week, they've been phenomenal. He's been phenomenal. And I'm going to say this. This is uh, probably just a, a, a precursor to Wednesday's episode. I think Dak Prescott right now, He's a top five quarterback. The way that he's playing, the way that he's been f- performing as of late, I mean, he's a top five quarterback. And really, you can only say that the San Francisco game was his one bad game this year. But it was a bad game offensively, defensively, coaching-wise. But he's been fantastic this entire time. So 
do I think that Dak could run the numbers this year and still win the NFC East? Yes. I say that because looking at the Eagles schedule, their next three teams before they play the Cowboys again, they have the Chiefs, they have the Niners, and they have, oh, I just had it. I don't remember who their third game is. Let me look for it. Go but make your have, point, and then I'll, I'll find it. Yeah. So they have three games that they could potentially lose. They could lose to Kansas City again, although Kansas City's offense has been struggling. You could... Especially the way San Francisco is playing right now, they could mm-hmm. beat they could beat the Niners. And then that third team was was really, really good too. Um, but I can't remember which game it is. The, but they have the opportunity, they have the chance to lose two out of the next three games. Uh it's the Bills. Yeah, especially coming off of yesterday's game. I don't feel that confident about it. So maybe yeah. I don't know. It's not for me. I don't think it's a. It's tough for Philly to beat Buffalo. I don't think it will be. Yeah, it might not be. It. I. I thought after yesterday's game or before yesterday's game, that would yeah. have been something. But so, even if they lose one game, one more game, they play Dallas again, and the Cowboys beat them. If the Cowboys are able to run the table and win out. We can win the NFC East. We could. Uh, That's a lot to ask. Do I believe that's going to happen? No, I don't. But I think Dak is playing at a level right now to where I think he's proven a lot of people wrong. He's proven me right. And him finally having full control of the offense shows that. But I think defensively, that's where the issues are for us. Because Micah Parsons, again, I love Micah. I think he's one of our best players on our team. He disappeared in the fourth quarter. When you need that stop, when you need that play, and again, they held them scoreless in the fourth quarter. They only had like 17 yards in the fourth quarter, and they played pretty well, but that's because Dallas controlled the clock. That third quarter, coming out of the half, when your team is up 17 to 14, and on back-to-back drives, you let touchdowns happen, Like, Micah, that's where you and the defense need to step up. Cowboys had no takeaways. No takeaways. They had three opportunities for fumbles. Mm -hmm. But they didn't capitalize. And so I think that if you're a Cowboys fan, I, I think you go along with what Daniel was saying. I think you would absolutely agree with him. The offense looks better under Dak now that he's in full command. But the this defense is not as dominant as we were yeah. led to believe they were going yeah. to be heading into the season. And to mm-hmm. me, that's been our Achilles heel in these kinds of games. I even think if you look at the San Francisco game, going back to your point about Tony Pollard, Tony Pollard, right when the Cowboys were driving, I think they just scored a touchdown. Dak just mm-hmm. threw like a, like a bomb to Turpin. The Cowboys were able to stop the 49ers. And then Tony Pollard fumbles the ball right as he's getting the first down and gives the 49ers a short field, and everything starts unraveling there. Mm -hmm. But I think 
I think there's hope. I think we have hope. The issue is, though, is that the Eagles are most likely going to be the number one seed. Which means in the divisional round, we're going to have to go up against the 49ers. And so I think this is as far as we can take them. But in terms of yesterday, I feel really good about Dak Prescott. I feel proven right about Dak Prescott. It's just how I feel. I I can't I can't say that because really if you're talking about contenders and who Dak has actually beaten or at least played well against, like mm-hmm. I'm I'm looking at his, his statistics and I'm gonna give him a break against the Giants because it's week one. It was raining, a lot of drop balls. Um, the Jets, Jets are a really good defense, so I'll I'll give him that. Um, 31 to 38, 255, two touchdowns. The the thing that's is stuck in my eye is the Cardinal game. Mm-hmm. You know, he played he played pretty well up until that last drive, and then obviously felt like he had to force it um mm-hmm. because it's the end of the game, wanted to win the game. Um, even though you just defensively as a team, they were like a turnstile. Throwing the ball, running the ball, you know, Josh Joshua Dobbs and the Cardinals offense just did whatever they wanted the whole game. Um Patriots, everyone knows what the Patriots look like this year. Um 49ers obviously was just a route, just a terrible, terrible performance all around by the team. Chargers, he was clutch when he needed to be, made the big plays when he needed to. Uh, Rams obviously dominated, and then obviously this week in Philly. Mm-hmm. I think for me, what the hanging point is going to be, and this will determine, you know, whether Dak is going to prove me right or prove me wrong, is when it matters, what is he going to do? Um, but if and this this is where, and I think we, I even said this in the beginning of the year, and you said, yeah, like I, I can see that happening. We've talked about this scenario of if we're in the postseason, Dak plays like this, and the defense plays like that, what am I going to say? What can I say? Mm-hmm. I can't knock him if he plays well and the defense just lays an egg. Which I feel, yeah. And you and you've already pointed this out, and I'm gonna 100% agree with you. This defense, you want to talk about the Eagles' defense being overrated. Mm-hmm. This defense, they sometimes they struggle, and 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 most of the time it's been don't break. But in the postseason, yeah. we've seen in the past that we've had great defenses. I'm, I think what's my hanging point for this defense is just the Rams game, like a couple years back. Yeah. That yeah. that was like, you know what I mean? Like, it feels mm-hmm. like how the Cardinals ran the ball against us, how Philly the ran Niners the ball against us, how the, the Niners ran, ran the ball against us. We well, played, Philly didn't really run the ball well yesterday. Well, the I mean, thing that they, they were getting the, beaten by Jalen Hurts. With, well, the, the thing ball. that, exactly, but the thing that, kind of acts as a running game for Philly is just those screen passes to Swift. 
you know, run, yeah, running that true. kind of running that kind of game is th- that get that gets them in the open field. And you know, DeAndre Swift is it's is a menace to get on the ground. He's super tough mm-hmm. to get on the ground. Right. And so for me, I think what the sticking point is like, hey, th- we're only going to go as far as this defense carries is what I've heard a lot of people say. Yeah. I don't trust our defense to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't trust them. And like you said, there's been many instances, not just this game, where Michael Parsons has disappeared in key moments. Mm-hmm. Now, the key moment that he did show up in the clutch, got to give him credit, is it's the Chargers. It's the Chargers. Yeah. But that's mm-hmm. been the only time, and and to where like, like bro, you got to figure that out. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, other it can't just be Micah all the time because what? How is that a great defense if you're if one guy needs to be the guy to step up? Mm-hmm. Now, if he's going to be the self-proclaimed, oh, he's the next Lawrence Taylor, then then fine. But if this defense was supposed to be historic and a top five defense, it's got to be more than one player. And I feel like collectively the defense is not when it matters most. I don't know if I can trust them to make the plays at the end of the day to help us win games, especially if Dak is playing really well and they're facing an offense like the Eagles. Because I feel like the Eagles are starting to put it together as well offensively. They're starting to rely on that AJ Brown, Jalen Hurts connection. And really, and it was kind of genius, not genius, but I feel like a lot of people have been saying that. What Greg Olson said was that how how Philly is basically running their offense is we want to get it to at least either third or fourth and one. Mm-hmm. And they literally will treat it third down like a second down and fourth down like a third down Mm -hmm. because that touch push is or that brotherly shove is what they're going to go to every single time and we saw that throughout the game they got in Mm -hmm. short situations ran the most unstoppable play i've ever seen Mm -hmm. and that's what helped them and i think that's probably what they're going to use uh to win these games and so but yeah, man. Like, yeah, it's gonna, I, it, what do you say? What do you do? I, I think that third quarter was was very telling of the kind of defense that we that we have. Of just there are some games and some moments to where they they disappear. They don't they don't show up. Um, now, give the Cowboys credit in terms of AJ Brown. Seven catches for 66 yards and a score. I mean, ended his streak of 125-plus receiving yards. So, I mean, in some moments they did good, but it's in the plays that you need to make. It's when it matters. There was a couple of times to where Jalen Hurts was in a third and eight, third and nine, and Mm -hmm. he found soft coverage. And mm-hmm. made the throws and made the plays that he needed to to continue the drive, and those are the moments to where I think you do miss Trayvon Diggs, you do miss him. Yeah, because because say what you want, say what you want to say about Trayvon Diggs, but up until he got hurt, he was playing like a shutdown corner. 
Yeah. Not like the ball hawking. He hey, wasn't necessarily getting picks. Yeah. No, but it's because they weren't throwing in his direction anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he and was shutting changed, down an entire and that changed half drastically over you know last year when he had eleven picks because pe- they were actually trying to try him mm-hmm. and see if they can get him. But this year, you know, in the limited time that he played, they weren't even throwing his direction. And so, I, yeah. like, I agree. Like, they do miss Trayvon Diggs. And because I think in that touchdown that, you know, was thrown to A.J. Brown, if Trayvon's there, I don't think that play happens. And so mm-hmm. you you find moments in these games to where you're just like, well, Trayvon Diggs shouldn't be a huge loss. But it's in those moments, in those third and eight, third and nine, I'm going to the end zone plays to where you do miss him. You do. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and so – I. I will say, I will give Dak a pass for most of this year because of how he's played the last two years now that he's had full control of the offense. Like, they were playing complementary football, and that's why he wasn't playing this way. It's because he was being handicapped by Mike McCarthy. Now the last two years, he's actually been given the full offense and says, you go, you take off. They're actually pushing the ball downfield. He's now giving the ball to CeeDee Lamb. I'm saying that with this Dak Prescott and the last two games, if we would have had this Dak Prescott, I think this entire season, I don't – if we do lose to Arizona, it's because of the defense. If we lose to San Francisco, I think it's because of the defense. Like, it's the fact that – they, it took so long for Mike McCarthy to do what he said he was going to do at the beginning of the year. And I think with this Dak Prescott, you have an offense now that has a top five quarterback right now in the NFL. But I agree with you. The biggest question mark on this football team, other than coaching, because I think Mike McCarthy, at the end of the game, when you're at the six-yard line, or in the fourth and eight, when Dak is throwing to Tobert, why aren't there plays being called specifically to get the ball to CD Lamb? Like, why isn't CD Lamb running that hitch? Why isn't CD Lamb running that post? Because the two times that Dak went to Jalen Tobert, one on fourth and eight, and then the other time it was first down and 10. At the or first down and goal at the six, and you just throw it over the top. Jalen Tobert's got two guys on him. Like those are the plays to me that don't make sense, and it has to go to coaching. It has to go with who's calling the plays because well, Dak can check out of another play. But if 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 CD's on this side of the field and the spotlight player is on this side of the field, you can't completely change the play. And now move CD over and move the other guy over there because then the Eagles will know what you're doing. I'm I'm not going to pretend to know the in 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 intricacies, intricacies of playing quarterback, yeah. but at some level I got to be like, well, why would you throw to a guy who has two guys on him? Because the play is called for him. That that's what I'm saying. I'm thinking these plays are the, called for a Jalen Tober. Like, let's use CD as a decoy player and get somebody else the football. That's what I think is happening. For me, if if it were me, yeah, the play may be called for Jalen Tober, but I'm also gonna have a check down if I don't have it. 
Like there's got to be something like that for for those no, plays. I, I tear, and that's the thing. I don't think that there is. I don't think so. I think the way that Mike McCarthy is calling games at the end of it is costing our offense. I really do. And then when you look at the defensive side of the ball and what we've talked about, I think Mike McCarthy and his play calling at, at, at the end of games and our defense not being able to come up with turnovers that we're supposed to be league leaders in and the biggest moments we don't show up. I don't I don't know about the Mike McCarthy point, but defense for sure. Yeah. You're are you really gonna sit here and tell me that Mike McCarthy is not a concern for you? He is, but I'm here's the thing. And if, what does he do? What does he do? Who he Dak? calls plays? No, I, Mike McCarthy. I, get, I understand that, but to put the whole blame on him. For, for a play where Dak is actually throwing the ball. It's, but it's not throwing it's the not, ball to where it's, it's supposed it's, to go. My it's thing like is, saying, is that hey, if, for every play, Mike McCarthy is telling Dak where to go with the football, and he does not have a check down. For me, that's ridiculous. That, hey, you have to you throw see, it to this guy. There's no you, other route see, other than again, that one on Daniel, the play. Daniel, Daniel, I'm telling you as somebody who who actually watched the game and watched the play I watched develop, the play. I watched the okay, play. So why so why are you having CD Lamb running a corner route on Darius Slay and then having Jalen Tober run the play to where the ball is supposed to go? The ball's not to supposed be, to go to be downfield to Jalen 25 yards down the field, 25 yards down on a fourth and eighth. Get the ball, put CD Lamb in that spot. That's what no, I'm, I'm not saying. talking about the fourth and eight. I'm talking about the the at the six. That's what I'm talking about. Now the fourth and eight, I agree. Jalen Tobert should not be the spotlight spotlight player because you should have something going to CD past the sticks. You should. That I'm fine with. Be and and I agree with you that that part of play calling that is on Mike McCarthy because it's not like 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 I said if it's a first and go at the six or, or whatever it was. You can be a little bit more creative with that. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the game, when the game is on the line at fourth and eight, I'm sorry, you have to go to your best player. You have to find a way to scheme him open. You have to. That, that's, that's what I'm if, saying. And that's all I'm yeah. saying. That, But okay, that's cool. on Mike McCarthy. That's on yes. Mike McCarthy. Yes. Like you have yes. to scheme plays for C.D. Lamb, not, puts, not have plays, not scheme plays just to for whoever well, even like e cd even, lamb in those moments has to be the one that you're saying e how can we get even CD if the cd ball in this situation? even if cd is a decoy even if he is you got i would do it for brandon cooks jake That's ferguson point yeah jalen tobert now jalen tobert he played a great game he had moments in the game it was the first time we he actually did. got to he see, did see him in action but at at the end of the day it's fourth and eight, game on the line against a division opponent. Jalen Turbo may have had a good game, but you got to go to your key players. Mm -hmm. You have to. Yeah. But, I mean, we have the Giants this upcoming week, so that's a dub already. We'll be six and three. It just depends on how the Eagles, if they can continue to get lucky, because they've gotten lucky all year long against mm. football teams. I'm hoping that at some point they're going to get got. 
and hopefully they'll have a stretch to where they will get got and we'll be back in this because I'm guaranteed I believe that the Cowboys are going to win the next time these two teams play because okay, so we have unlike so we have what, Steven we have Steven we coming on on Wednesday mm-hmm. and so I need a detailed outline on how Philly has gotten lucky this year okay okay I, I got you. that. I got you. Yeah. That way I can absolutely. prepare Steven to do his own work on it. Yeah. But we're we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna move on to some of the biggest news from week nine. First, let's let's go ahead and give some props to Joshua Dobbs. As again, he's mm-hmm. stepping into a new situation. Uh first he was with Arizona and stepped into that, played pretty well. He comes to Minnesota after being traded there after Kirk Cousins gets hurt, and he leads him to a victory over the Atlanta Falcons. Now, their starter, who was playing the game, got hurt with a concussion in that. So Joshua mm-hmm. Hobbs comes in. There's a good video of Joshua Hobbs working on the cadence still on the sidelines with the entire offensive line there, and they're just like nodding their heads of approval. He goes out there. He balls. He wins the game for them. Uh, but Daniel, mm-hmm. just what are your thoughts on Joshua Dobbs and just the year that he's having this year? For me, I I think he's proving. I think for me, I'm putting him in the class of Geno Smith. Mm. That's kind of what I'm doing right now. Because can they play? Absolutely, they can play. They can definitely play. Now, are they in the level where I would consider, hey, I need to see it. They're in the same category if I need to see it more. That's where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what? Because like watch, watching the game and, and seeing how it unfolded, like Joshua Dobbs is a guy who can extend plays, keep mm-hmm. his eyes down the field, and make throws. There's like a play. I don't know if it was third down or, or, or fourth down, but it was in the red zone. And he was getting chased behind the backfield, whips it, comes all the way around and runs for the first down and ends up being a touchdown on on a couple plays later. Like those are things that will get you a job in the NFL, being able to extend and 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 make the plays that win the game. For me, he's been so impressive, you know, coming into the situation in Arizona where, you know, Kyler's hurt. No one's really expecting him to do anything, and there was a there was a point in the in the first half in the first quarter of the season where it was like, "Hey, can Arizona actually be something?" And obviously, yeah. like we were we were proven wrong, you know, uh, they completely fell apart a- after that. But Joshua Dobbs was playing very very well in mm-hmm. the team uh, with a team that was not expected to be any good. Now he comes to. A situation in Minnesota where like Kirk Cousins goes down and it's you know heartbreaking for that friend for that team because they're for them it looked like hey they're about to tank for Caleb Williams. And now they're starting to turn it around. Now they have a winning record, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so to lose him there, and then everyone's kind of clamoring for Jameis Winston to come to Minnesota. Yeah. But they end up getting Joshua Dobbs. And now he he didn't start, and who knew if they were gonna you know just preparing him for him to, to take over the starting responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and then their starter Hall looked pretty good 
and then took a took a bad hit. And then Joshua Dobbs was just entered, like you said, David, like him not even knowing the cadence. He didn't even practice at all. He didn't practice at all with the first team. And for him to go out there, pull out a victory against the Falcons, who have improved this season, their yeah. defense is their defense is not bad by any stretch of the imagination. They're a top ten team, top ten defense, if not top five. Um. So for me, like that, man. What what more can you say about a guy who walks into a situation and wins a game for them with clutch moments? So, yeah, amazing. Yeah, so kudos to him. He's he's had a fantastic story. Um, man, I really hope that he continues to to play well and to just maybe possibly even put Minnesota in the playoffs. I don't know that it's wishful thinking, but you know we're rooting for him absolutely. Now, I next mean, thing is Kansas like City. Yeah, exactly. Kansas City was able to survive the Miami Dolphins 21 to 14 mm -hmm. early on Sunday morning in Germany, but they still don't look that impressive. Mahomes mm -hmm. didn't even get 200 yards passing, and the same goes for Tua as well. So you're having two teams who a lot of people, and, and I was included in this, especially early in the season, I was saying Miami was the best team in the AFC. Yeah, Kansas yeah, we were City. All who people are saying, you know, the best teams in the a best team in the AFC because there are the reigning Super Bowl champions and AFC champions. So you have two teams who people believe are, are top of the AFC. Daniel, what are your takeaways for Miami and also for Kansas City? For me, I'll start with Miami. It it's starting to feel like teams are starting to figure out how to stop that offense. Um, you know. Towards the end of the game, Mostert was 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 starting to get going, you know, mm -hmm. as they were trying to ramp up the offense, and so he looked he looked pretty good uh, towards the end of the game. But in terms of like the flow of the game, it was very difficult for them to get anything on offense. You know, twenty one to nothing in the first half was pretty much the difference in the ball game. Um, the Tyreek catch and, and fumble returned by by Cook all the way to the end zone at the end of the half was at a turning point, and that probably helped them win the game just with that turnover. Um, but, yeah, it, it just looks like they're able to – they're starting to be figured out by, by good defenses because I think, David, you have been saying this. He's like, the defense has actually stepped up for Kansas City and is a big reason on why they've been able to suppress – the mediocrity of the Chiefs' offense this year, right? Like defense has played well. We talked about this, and so I think they're getting to a point to where if you're a good defense, you can have some success against this Miami team defensively. Mm -hmm. And for me, getting to Kansas City now again. What will always be in the tool belt of the Kansas City Chiefs is Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. But looking at the rise of Cincinnati doesn't place any confidence for me in Kansas City. Because if you're if you're needing to get into a shootout with Joe Burrow, I don't think they can do it. And for me, that's crazy to think. 
because you would think that Kansas City can, you know, keep up with anyone. And for me, it's been it's been difficult for them to score a lot of points. And the time that they have, it has been against mm-hmm. bad defenses, like the yeah. Chargers. Yeah, yeah. And so, and I didn't think Miami was a good defense, but you look at the 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 stats. The leading receiver for Kansas City was Noah Gray. Yeah. And he didn't have more than three catches. Yeah. So you had Noah Gray for three for 34. Sky Moore, two for 33. Jarek McKinnon, two for 22. Uh, Valdez Scantley, two for 22. Kadarius Toney, one for 18. Travis Kelsey, three for 14. Yeah. McCole Harmon, three for 10. Like, these are not even high percentage throws. Like, they're not even down the field. Yeah. Now you look at the stat line, like Patrick Mahomes, 20 for 30, 185, two touchdowns. Not bad. But is that going to be Joe Burrow? Yeah. With the way they're rolling. So that's my concerns for Kansas City. Can their offense can, can play at the same level as their defense is playing? Yeah. Yeah, that's a really great point because I think this is the best defense that Patrick Mahomes has had in Kansas City his entire career. I mean, they're playing lights Absolutely. out, shutting teams yes. down, giving them opportunities to win games. Because I think even in the Denver game, like mm-hmm. I think the defense played well the entire game. But when your offense continues to turn the ball over five it, times, yeah. like there's yeah. going to be at some point in the game to where the floodgates open and, and you're not – you, and in your defense is gas like and and I think that's mm-hmm. what happened in Denver so this defense has played so well again like you said I've been so critical of their defense defenses in the past two three yep. years but they've with good they, reason they are the best part of this team because the offense is struggling so much and yep. I think it's because there's just no weapons and teams are like we 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 more times than not, we're going to trust that the Kansas City receivers are going to drop passes, and so we're mm-hmm. going to focus on Travis Kelsey. And they're taking him away. And so now we're Kansas City. You have no receivers. You have no weapons. Travis Kelsey's being shut down because they know, mm-hmm. teams know, that they're the only person that they really have to account for. So now you're asking your defense now to carry you but your offense is doing absolutely nothing. For mm-hmm. Miami, I think that they're still probably a year, two years away from really contending for a Super Bowl. I think that they're, they're just, they're, especially defensively, they're missing a couple of things. Because here's the thing. You ha- you're going to have games to where Tua and Tyreek Hill are not going to go over for over like with two over 300 yards and uh, Tyreek Hill go over 150. Like you're going to have games to where teams are going to hold them in check. Can you Mm -hmm. as a defense stop somebody? And against Kansas City, they let up enough plays. Mm -hmm. Against Buffalo, they let up way more plays. Against Philly, they let up good plays. Now, again, Philly is a game that the Eagles got lucky on because they had no penalties called against them. And there were several mm-hmm. in that game that they should have that they should have called. But you're looking at when they play against good football teams, teams with winning winning records and playoff aspirations, they don't show up. And so I think that they're still a year or two away because they're babies. They're really young, they're really inexperienced. Yeah. They have some ways to go. 
kind of what we should have done with Buffalo and our expectations yeah. of them. But mm-hmm. I think, well, I think I still will gr- disagree with you on, on that point, which let's go ahead and get into that. Um, as Joe Burrow and the Bengals beat Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills 24 to 18, Josh Allen finishes the game 26 for 38, 258 with one touchdown and one interception. Joe Burrow, though, 31 for 44, 348 with two touchdowns, no turnovers. Daniel, what is your takeaway from this game? For me, it's even a bigger indication that Cincinnati is starting to get healthy. Mm-hmm. And they're starting to go on that run that they've been that they start slow. And then when it really matters, they turn it on and just they, they don't look back. And right now, I believe that is what Cincinnati and Joe Burrow are doing. They're starting to mm-hmm. turn it on. And honestly, if we look at what is coming up next, this is just me. Mm-hmm. I believe that the AFC championship game will be Baltimore and Cincinnati mm-hmm. based on how those two teams are playing. Now, a, a topic that we're probably going to disagree on is the Buffalo Bills. I, I, I'm I, putting a fork in them. They're done. Okay. I, I don't believe that the way I don't know, maybe it's just me. The way that I view the Buffalo Bills is an offense that is like just throws it all around. Josh Allen scrambles, mm-hmm. dives head first into plays, and that that's not conducive to winning for me. And I don't think they're playing well enough. And against teams that they, I mean, because look at it, we we've had some tests for for Buffalo. Miami, right? Mm-hmm. And so that you know they they played well, but is it is it consistent? And I think for me, it's just consistency for Buffalo. Yeah, can mm-hmm. they continue to be consistent when it matters? And how yeah. they're playing yeah, right. as of right now doesn't tell me that I should believe in them, and I don't. I don't believe right. in them. And for me, I'm seeing the same trend having happening with the Bengals. They're starting slow. But now that Joe Burrow is healthy, he's start and for me it looks effortless for him. Yeah, yeah. Like anytime absolutely. he looks, anytime he throws the ball, I'm like, man, that's a completion, and that and that ball is gonna look great, right? And it's gonna come quick, and it's gonna be on target. And he had a couple of those yesterday where I was just like, my gosh, what a throw. Mm-hmm. So that those are my takeaways. I think the Bengals are back. And I'm sticking a fork in Buffalo. Yeah, I hope I, I'm wrong. I think, I'm hope I'm wrong because I I believe the AFC probably is going to have the best playoff football this year because of the amount of just amazing teams that they have in that conference. So I'm hope I'm wrong because I, I I really want to see some great games against mm-hmm. you know Buffalo, Miami, Kansas City, Baltimore. Yeah. You know, so I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I really do. And I don't want this to be nuts because, I mean, I I think Baltimore, I, well, we can go ahead and talk about him here. They're obviously yeah. clearly the best team in the AFC. I mean, you have two games to where you beat top NFC teams in blowouts. 
First, you have when they beat the Detroit Lions, and then up this week when they just manhandled the Seattle Seahawks. They are clearly the best team. The only thing about Baltimore is that if the receivers are on, this is the best team. But if they're mm-hmm. off, man, that's a concern. But they now have the running game going. They have a rookie that they've that they're playing right now that's playing lights out. Lamar, he's playing like he's the best quarterback in the NFL right now. I mean, you can't you can't dispute that. He's just clearly the best quarterback in the NFL in terms of in this entire season. Um, and their defense is suffocating, like Daniel was saying, as he was, we were talking before the show, he was watching those highlights of, of, of Baltimore versus Seattle, and he said, man, this defense is all over the field. They're clearly mm-hmm. the best team. I think what I was going to disagree with you on, if you brought it up, is, and I, I, I might have misheard you, so we may not disagree at all. I'm not, I'm not in the camp that we push Buffalo too much early. I not think us. when you look at not yeah, us, but well, I'm, I'm saying, like, in, after they beat Miami, they had already crowned them. Okay. Oh, this sure. Is, this sure. is the best okay. team in the in yeah. the NFL. Yeah. I, I yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I, I think what I was talking about was I thought you were talking about like pushing them as a team, maybe even like in the past couple of years when we said, hey, they should be in Super Bowls. I think they've clearly proven that they've deserved to be in that conversation. Obviously, Absolutely. when you go to yeah. the AFC Championship game against Kansas City, then you have the the shootout the following year against Kansas City in the divisional round. Like is at that point, it was it made sense to put them in the top AFC Super Bowl contention. Right. But as of late, you're absolutely right. They've done nothing this season to show you that they are the best team. Because mm-hmm. I remember even before the – I think it was maybe even before the Miami game, uh, I was saying – because. Obviously, he had that four turnovers against the Jets in week mm-hmm. one. And then people came to me and they said, well, he he played great the next three weeks. He was the best quarterback on the field. Well, yeah, you're playing the Raiders. You're playing Washington. Like, not not mm-hmm. very good teams. Like, yeah. you should do that against those teams if you're Josh Allen. It's in yeah. these kinds of games right here to where Buffalo – Josh Allen. Honestly, this is the whole team. I know we want to focus on Josh Allen because he's not having a really great year in terms Mm -hmm. of turning the ball over. But, like, the entire team did not play well for whatever reason. They Mm -hmm. struggled. And kind of how Cincinnati was talking about Kansas City and, like, that this is a burrow head and all that kind of stuff, kind of how I feel about Cincinnati with Buffalo right now like they Mm -hmm. just own this football team and i don't think that it gets better for whatever reason i think that having not having a ground game for buffalo is hurting them because they're so reliant on josh allen yeah and i think that josh allen would be better if if i'm gonna be fair i think josh allen would be better if he actually had some semblance of semblance of a running game because we've seen that in games to where they they've had the run game going for them Josh Allen yeah. has played very, very well and has played very, very good football. But you can say that about a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But Buffalo it is a concern for me. In terms of Cincinnati, I got nothing to add about Cincinnati. I think you're absolutely right. For whatever reason, they love to start late. Yeah. Yeah. They, that's just how it goes. 
But now that Joe Burrow is healthy, he's also proving that he is a top five, top three, in my opinion, quarterback mm-hmm. right now in the NFL. Because now he's starting to get going. Now he's starting to hit Jamar Chase. He's starting to be clutch in moments when you need to make a big play to keep the lead or to finish out the game. He's going to do it. Or Joe Mixon's going to do it. Like this team is just loaded. They're ready to go. He played really well yesterday, Joe Mixon. And so Cincinnati, even though I still give the the nod to Baltimore because they've been dominant pretty much most of the year. They've been more consistent this year. I, I I think Cincinnati, though, is is right up there. I, I'd say they're probably the number two team. Even though, even though if you look at the record, they're only five and three. But that late start that we've talked about, the key is is that they're going to need to win these big games late in the year because they dropped two divisional games earlier this season. And so that's my only concern with Cincinnati. But I think that they'll be able to fix it and they'll be back on back on track. They're going to be a top team in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm with well, you. That is going to do it here for Double Take, an NFL podcast. Thank you so much for joining us on this Monday edition. When we come on Wednesday, we'll do pick them like we always do, but Steven's going to join us, and we're going to each give our top 10 quarterbacks midseason right now in the NFL. So we hope that you join us for that conversation. Have a great day, and we can't wait to talk with you guys later on this week. Until then, God bless.